all the way from beautiful Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, by way of Sacramento, California, this is Kings in the North Podcast. And now, the starting two for your listening pleasure. Standing six feet four inches tall at a Jesuit high school, the half-Greek freak, Nick Economy. And standing six feet tall out of McClatchy High School, Big Baller Ben. Kings of the North Podcast is sponsored by Cash Considerations. For donations, head up our Patreon. Welcome back to the All-Star Break edition of the Sat Kings in the North Podcast. As always, we're your host, the, Greek, the half-Greek freak, Nick Economy and Big Baller Ben, here as always. Um, Howdy. You know, short week this week. Had one game uh, leading up to All-Star Weekend. And, uh, you know, it, it, it could have gone better. Could have been worse. But... Um, could have been better. Let's let's really just dive right into it. Um, so, the Kings, as you know, played in Mile High City. Played against the Denver Nuggets. And at points, were leading by double digits. Really could have gone either way. Um, and at other points, we're, all, we're behind by double digits, I'm pretty sure, in, in the fourth there. So, you know, it's, a, it's one of those games where really anything could have happened. But I, I think the, the most frustrating thing is that we were up by so much early. Yeah, I mean, we were up 17 somewhere early in the second quarter. And, I mean, I always like to say that in the NBA, a lead isn't a lead until, I don't know, Probably late, like, late in the third. Yeah, halfway through the third at the earliest. I mean, with teams shooting the ball the way they do with quote-unquote pace up, um, you know, a 14, 15, even a 17-point lead is something that you can chop into. That's kind of exactly what uh, Denver did. Real real s- quick start for the Sack Kings. Led uh, double digits after one. Then, second quarter was a wash, 28 apiece. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, what happened? The classic, you know, sluggish third quarter. You got yeah, outscored I mean, by 13. It, that, that third quarter was... It, they came out and you immediately knew it wasn't going well. There was no movement off ball. There was no ball movement in general. And it went about six straight possessions of ISO. Yeah, there was like almost five minutes without a field goal. Yeah, so I think that was probably the key turning point Yeah, I mean, in the game. We we went up 11 to down two in one quarter. Yeah. Yeah, Like I I said, I mean, that can happen. It's the NBA prolific shooting. Yeah. Denver's obviously great. They're playing at home, the altitude, whatever you want to call it. But that's still unacceptable. In the same quarter, Isaiah Thomas went off. Yeah, that was a big quarter for him. It was his first points back from that hip injury, and he played really well in that third quarter. As did Jamal Murray. Scored really well in that third quarter. You know, I think it, it was really an overall tough game. Yeah, we just um, didn't have an answer for Paul Millsap. That's really yeah. what it came down to. Millsap played extremely well, destroyed us on both ends of the ball. I mean, both ends of the floor, and I mean, was just extremely efficient. Um, he was just too strong for our our young guys. Yeah, and just too physical for Willie, and really just dominated the paint. Yeah, he was also just. I mean. Like, it's a, a seasoned vet. It's yeah. someone who knows their role against Marvin or Harry. Really just outsmarted him. Mm-hmm. Kind of every possession down the court. It was really frustrating to watch. He really... I mean, there have been flashes of, uh, I would say, inexperience for both of those guys. But this was one of those games where you really could tell that, like, these dudes need a lot of work defensively. Yeah, I mean, an interesting point I saw was um, on Twitter somebody said that Harry Giles is very good, but he needs to learn to play defense without fouling mm-hmm. before he's going to be an effective player in this league. And it's really true. He leads the league currently in fouls per 36 at 6.6 fouls. And he really needs to cut into that number. Which is nuts, because that's more than you're allotted. Yeah. But, I mean, it, I, I know that... It's I obviously know. he's playing yeah. less than 36 minutes a night, but just... He's he's really... The extrapolated data is really exactly. where, where it kind of shows that... 
I don't know. You're right. The dude does need to. Uh... I mean, he fouled out in 12 minutes. Yeah, on the floor. That's just not acceptable. I've always been in uh, a proponent of that. You have the six fouls. You might as well use them. But I yeah. think this is getting a little too crazy. My my only problem with that. I mean, it is good in some cases, especially if you're a big and you're trying to stop somebody who might be ineffective from the free throw line from getting an easy bucket. But it's when you, you go give him a couple soft fouls, like he was trailing somebody and they got an easy and one. It's yeah, those or like the loose, the loose ball fouls on the free throw. Where exactly. All you need to do is kind of just pin your man, just not, necessar- not necessarily, you know, and, and even allow pin your man in the sense of, you're not, you're kind of just canceling each other out. You're not going to get let the, so, let yeah. the third guy there to get exactly. the Yeah. I mean, I agree a hundred percent. Um, you know, like, like we said, it was a really strong game for basically all of the starting five of Denver. Um, the thing is we got to really take advantage of that second unit. If you look at their bench, they collectively had 21 points ignoring one player. I mean, 31 points from their bench mm-hmm. total, uh, which is uh, less it's not than 20% stellar. It's not of their stellar. Points. No, not at all. Uh, I mean, our bench is much better than theirs, mm-hmm. and that's where we really need to start taking advantage of teams. Yeah, I mean, if you look at it, the if you just look at the the uh, the facts and figures, it we played a pretty, I wouldn't say complete, but a well-rounded game. Mm-hmm. We had uh, four of the five starters in double figures. So, again, a solid game for Nemanja Bialica. Yeah, I mean, great game for Neman. Pretty solid game for, the f- like, offensively for the front court. Uh, at least the starting front court. Even Bagley is pretty decent. Um, but Willie, Willie played well when he was on the floor. Problem was he had five fouls throughout the game and couldn't really stay on the floor and get in a rhythm. <laughs> Um, defensively though, it just everybody needed a lot of work, and I mean not just Willie, but the young guys, everyone. Yeah, all like a broken record with that one. But uh, I think just in general, that 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 game was kind of tough. Um, like you were saying, Plumlee and and Millsap and Jokic are all just kind of like they're not good athletes. They're Great basketball players. Yeah, they're they're not jumping out the gym or running four two forty, but they they like they know their role. They come in. They, it's like it's very methodical. The movement is very like they the it's it's like the least amount of movement to get the job done mm-hmm. type of thing. And they have that high basketball IQ, which really helps them out. I mean, some of these passages that Jokic is making isn't it's that it's that NFL pass. Passing your guy open, yeah. It's not waiting for somebody to come open and finding him. Um, there were there were three or four plays where he'd take up residence on that high left elbow and just hit the backdoor cutter, and it's an easy bucket almost every time. Yeah, the other thing he's so good at is like it's kind of the Kevin Love type of pass where he gets the rebound and it's an immediate outlet. We oh got, yeah, got burned on that multiple times. Yeah, at least three times on that full court outlet pass. I mean, it, it's really just such a weapon for that team. Um, overall, kind of just a tough game. Uh, something that, to, to note, we signed Corey Brewer to that 10-day contract. It's I think we're in the middle of that now, and we still haven't seen him play. So hopefully we see him play before that's over, or else it just kind of feels like a waste. Uh, yeah. I mean, there, there's no reason to give up a roster spot like that. If he's not gonna play, I don't know. Force Ben Mclemore out of town, so whatever. Yeah, but we could have we could have gone for somebody like Cantor, or it would help a lot with rebounding and defense against big guys like this, or somebody like Morris who could be a, a spark off the bench. You know, there there were better options available if we're just gonna let somebody just sit. Um, you know, uh, Corey Brewers could be like one of those. Uh, Got kind of veterans to come in and settle down the team at times, especially when some of these younger guards are getting frustrated. And you see that a lot with De'Aaron and a little bit with Buddy. He doesn't facilitate as much. But, uh, I mean, it it was kind of evident throughout this game 
There were there were a ton of turnovers just across the team, um, and a lot of them were really unnecessary. There were a couple plays where De'Aaron was dribbling towards the sideline, kind of got trapped, threw it back across the middle, just a, a Nathan Peterman duck, and it's getting picked off by that, that free safety who's getting a free run at her bucket. And then a couple times Bagley's driving baseline, can't decide if he wants to just lay it in or toss it out, and then just gives it up. So, you know, it, it's just all around – these turnovers are kind of frustrating because they're not forced. They're, they're really just mental errors. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, like, the, the youth is part of it. Like, they'll learn as they stay in the league that you just don't do these things. But uh, it, it is frustrating to see. Yeah. Um, no, it, it definitely is. Because that, that sparked the kind of third quarter run that was mm-hmm. that stagnant period of time. It was all kind of uh, sparked by one the uh, resurgence of IT, but also the you know the turnovers. The yeah, and the resurgence of Paul Millsap. I mean, like yeah, looked like two thousand eight. I know. I think one thing that I would just like to highlight is uh, the uh, hopefully the fire that was lit under Bogdan Bogdanovich gotten a little. Kerfuffle, as mm-hmm. they'd say, uh, it was hit with the double tech. Was one half of the double tech, and then kind of picked up his game after that. Went in for like a highlight reel dunk that I thought he got fouled. They didn't. They didn't call it. He lost the ball on the way up, but yeah. was really looking to break the internet with that one. So I hope the uh, combination of that and then the All Star Weekend. Uh, you know, opportunity to play in the Rising Stars game really kind of brings him back to uh, the forefront of our offense because he is such a vital piece to that second unit. Yeah, I mean, I do agree that that did spark him, but it also kind of sparked him to take a couple ill-advised shots, uh, took a couple deep threes that just, I mean, weren't really in the flow of the offense, were really early in the shot clock, and kind of just chucked him up. Um, But... It did light a fire under him, both on the offensive and defensive end. Yeah, he played better defensively after that. And that was huge. I mean, that's that's kind of been the area where he's been struggling the most recently. Um, I mean, his three-point shot hasn't been in at all in his normal form, but it, the defense has really just been, been difficult for him recently. And it continued to be a little difficult in this game, as noted by his plus-minus of minus 13. So, you know, just to... Um, Really, really fun to see him get angry, though. It's really the first time I think we've seen that. Yeah. And uh, with him, you really don't know if he's just going to hit some of those deep shots. I don't think I've ever seen him go for a poster like that before. So, um, pretty, yeah. pretty it, it, fun. It was really cool, actually. Yeah. Um, just really to, wish it would have gone on him. I know. Just just to highlight the uh, new additions, Harrison Barnes, 19 and 11. Um, a really solid game. You know, the, the shooting percentage wasn't spectacular as it, you know, historically has not been. Mm-hmm. But he, he, he's he been good, and I've I've been happy, you know, in the couple games in with his play. Mm-hmm. Um, every reason to believe he can get 18 and 19 a night and still, you know, allow Buddy Heald and De'Aaron to kind of just play their game, get their 15 to 20. Yeah, I think he really provides, especially De'Aaron, with another weapon. Mm-hmm. Just another option for if De'Aaron wants to kind of get a breather in-game. You know, that LeBron not taking a playoff, but, you know, mm-hmm. catching your breath. But also, at the same time, he, he's efficient in places that the team really needs help. He's a good rebounder. He's a good ice, or not good, but like efficient enough ISO scorer. And he demands attention whenever he's on the court. So he kind of spaces it out, makes sure the defense is honest. And it, it really helps the team, even if he's not having the hottest shooting night, which he wasn't. Plus, he, he had some really solid kind of drive and kick passes that yeah. I would actually love. That I think that, if anything, is such a, such a weapon for this team. I mean, especially with, I mean, uh, Buddy's a great shooter. Uh, a, a stellar shooter. Bogdan is a great shooter. 
De'Aaron is a pretty good shooter and can only just get better. Yeah, he's quietly shooting like 36% from three, which yeah. you'd think would be a lot worse, but it, it isn't. It's, it's decent. Pr- yeah, it's pretty good. And then Yogi Ferrell, good shooter. Bagley isn't great yet, but he has shown signs of improvement throughout the season. I mean, he, his three-point percentage is still around about a quarter, which isn't awful for a big guy. It's going to demand that they respect him on the line. So I think that, that driving kick is a huge Huge bonus. So, um, yeah, definitely been a good addition so far. Uh, the other addition, Alec Burks. Yeah, it was called for the first carry, the, the palm that I've seen all season. Yeah, really so that, the first one I've seen in like five years. So that was like really frustrating. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't score. Had two rebounds, two assists in seven minutes. Um, someone we haven't highlighted this this season a lot, Kosa Kufis. Mm-hmm. Came in, added a little... Uh, a little brute force to the equation, which is always good. Yeah, he, he played really well. The patent pending bald spot came out and kind of wasn't effective in the box score, but he did what he had to do to, to, to slow down an offense. Yeah, affected a lot of shots defensively. Yeah, and, and three three solid boards. Kind of just didn't did what the other bigs couldn't do and stopped the Denver players from getting to their spot. Mm-hmm. Um was really just an effective defender, and that's kind of what we needed for this entire game. But um, but we only got it for seven minutes because everyone else yeah. was kind of uh, not it, not on their uh, best behavior. Yeah, there's a lot of fouls, and uh, all in all, kind of just a tough tough loss. Um, another little piece of game related news to note: Mike Malone ejected early in the second quarter. Yep, and uh, kind of. Interesting, he got a little early vacation Charlotte, where mm-hmm. he's coaching Team LeBron. But, uh, yeah, I think he, he lost his cool. Did he deserve to get ejected? Maybe. But did he earn it? Probably not. I, I don't really... He didn't He didn't have as much of a tirade as Steve Kerr, who really earned his, his money the other night, uh, had after he was ejected. So, if you're, if you're out there and you're in the NBA... And gonna get ejected? Earn your money. Yeah, go all out. Yeah, honestly. like maybe even throw a punch. Be pretty fun. We we, we want uh, malice the palace part two. Yeah, that's what we need more of. Brawls. The 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 brawl at Golden One. <laughs> so uh, anyway, let's uh, let's move on. Um, yeah, just the the last note that that was a uh, opportunity. You know, kind of felt first game that felt like a playoff game in you know over a decade. In the sense that we had an opportunity to go into the All-Star break in 8th, the final playoff spot. Um, we would end up uh, not doing that, of course. But the Sacramento Kings have 30 wins before the break. We are 30-27. and 27. Uh, We are one game out. And with 25 games to go. Yep. Yeah, that's quick math. With 25 games to go, I think we have a real good shot at moving up. One, and like De'Aaron said in an interview in Charlotte, mm-hmm. if not two or three spots, because it's all so close. I think that's like, uh, you know, a little wishful thinking to I move mean, into sixth, but it's definitely possible. Part of the argument there is, though, the, the Kings have one of the easiest remaining, well, not the easiest, but a pretty easy yeah. remaining schedule. So the first week after the All-Star break is, you know... Murder. The, it's actually just like couple of the toughest teams in the league, including Golden State and Milwaukee. And they're on the road. Yeah. Um, the the easiest game that I think that we have is Minnesota in Minnesota. Yeah, but then, like, after that, there's 20 games where we could... It's a lot of Eastern Conference, middle-of-the-table yeah, teams. Yeah, we could win, you know, four, and the Knicks. 14 or 15 of those 20 if you really just yeah. haul that. So, and, I mean, compared to um, Portland, who has... Eight game road trip right after the break. Yeah, the Clippers play a fair amount of road games. So I think this is our the, the Kings' opportunity to really get into that pole position. Yeah, and uh, set up a matchup in in March. Yeah, I, or I think May or April. All of them. Yeah, all of the months. Yeah. You know, in June when <laughs> the finals are always playing. No, to that point that in this interview with De'Aaron, it was you know Kellerman, Matt, comma Max. He sucks. Hate him. Uh, Smith, comma Stephen A. 
Even worse. And some female moderator whose name I do not know. Apologies to whoever that is. Um, they were interviewing De'Aaron and Charlotte, and they just mm. said... Was it, was it uh, Beetle? No, it wasn't, because I know who that is. Yeah, um, it, yeah it was not Beetle, Colin, Michelle. Mm -hmm. But basically, they asked him, you know, you're a game out. How do you feel about this match, quote-unquote, matchup with the Warriors? Where De'Aaron's first response is, I think we can be higher than the eighth seed, so good, yeah. good on him. Second response was, any team is beatable on any given night. And he highlighted the fact that we have played the Warriors... Really well. Really well. We've the, we've lost all three games, mind you, but the combined score has been eight points. And there yeah. have been times in those games where you would put you know money down that the Kings would finish mm -hmm. finish strong. Yeah. And the ten the ten point comeback in the last five minutes is one to highlight. But all overall, a really winnable game. The only thing is to, to note, really notable, we've never played them with Demarcus. Yeah, this is the this is the uh, f like you said the first game that we're playing the five headed monster. Yeah, maybe Golden even six. -headed. Yeah, Golden State Warriors, and it's at Oracle. Um, <coughs> so, uh, will this be a uh, preview of the first round matchup? I, I like it. I'm It'd gonna I'm, I'm gonna say yes. I'm gonna say that the Nuggets will not. I don't think the Warriors. They're I think, a game and a half back. I, I think OKC has a better shot. Yeah. And that's still like a 20% chance to a 15% chance. Yeah, so I think well, the Warriors are basically a lock at one. And I, yeah. I do. I believe we could be the seventh seed, but I think it's more realistic that we come in in the eighth seed. There's, there's no reason to believe the Clippers can keep this, you know, standard of excellence up. Yeah, Lou, I mean, there's Lou no Will reason. Is, Lou Will has something to say about that. But other than that... That, that team is not, you know... That team is really crazy because it, it shouldn't work, but it I does. I was just going to say, that team should not... Yeah, the, I mean, Montrez... words right out of my... Uh, Montrez Harrell is so kid. efficient. I know. But when you're relying on Lou Will as your primary scorer off the bench, and he's your primary scorer for your team, and you don't really have a really effective big, you have Marcin Gortat, who doesn't really play well, and you have a bunch of young guys... And you're trying to keep your pick for next year instead of giving it to the Celtics. Um, it it shouldn't work, but it does somehow. Um, so I, I think Doc Rivers is probably going to throw the youth out a little bit more in the second yeah. half. You know, not really the half, but yeah, kind of call it that. Jerry but, uh, West might, you know, have a little uh, say in their lineup yeah. going forward. But I think which could help us out. I think. Honestly, our biggest threats are LeBron hitting that playoff switch in late February. Yeah, I, to I get saw the team this thing that uh, in when LeBron and Kobe, you know, he must not be named. You seen yeah. this when they're both thirty four and they both win yeah, the All Star yeah. break at the same record of twenty seven and twenty eight. Yeah, and then Kobe ended up willing the Lakers to the playoffs, tearing his Achilles, Achilles. in the process. Yep, so. Let's say, hopefully LeBron doesn't get hurt, yeah. but hopefully as well that they don't make this crazy second quote-unquote half push. I think... You know, both of those teams are bad, and I, I don't really... I can't really say which one was worse, but this Lakers team is... I mean, it's bad, and it's even worse without Lonzo. Mm -hmm. I mean, that... As you've seen with the numbers, they, they talk about... Defensively. How, yeah, specifically defensively. They were seventh in the league before Alonzo got hurt, and currently they're twenty eighth. It's a huge drop off, which is great for us. But who knows what that means when he comes back? Is he going to be as effective a defender with that after that ankle injury? Because he's moving side to side. So who knows? Um, but yeah, that I mean, Golden State after the break, very winnable game. After we play Golden State, we head to Oklahoma City. To Chesapeake Bay Energy Arena. Mm -hmm. Weird name because Chesapeake Bay is in... The DMV area? Yep. So it is nowhere near where OKC is. Uh, so if you have insights on why it's called that, send us an email. Um, but, Well, anyway. it's the owner, right? I yeah. Mean, he owns the thing. Well, yeah, but why, why is he the owner in yeah, Oklahoma? 
That's the weird part. Yeah, but he had something to do if you watch the Firefest Fest. Isn't he the one that he died? Was, oh yeah, he died. Yeah, so their Oklahoma City owner like passed away, and he had some huge stake in like every Billy McFarlane yeah. ever did. Yeah. So the Firefest Fest doc, basically, watch that. Yeah. It, it mentions back. the Thunder it's, for like five seconds. I think it was. It wasn't even the Netflix one. It was the Hulu one. Yeah. That mentioned the Thunder. So Hulu sponsor us. Yeah. Um. Great content on Hulu. Anyway, yeah. So the Thunder, like honestly, I think I don't remember. Kind of one of the surging teams in the league right now. Yeah, they they were called uh, they were called not so nice names by Sir Charles Barkley on Inside the NBA, and since that they have won, I think twelve of the last fourteen. Yeah, except for a loss to the Pelicans. Yeah, so they've they've won four of the last five coming into the break. They lost, like you said, against the Pelicans. Without AD for part Very of the game. Very weird. Uh, yeah, really weird situation down in New Orleans. Yeah, so let's. I guess that's a good segue to the, the league, league news. news. Uh, New Orleans has fired their general manager, Del Demps, after Anthony Davis left the game injured and then left the arena with Rich Paul. Collusion. So, yeah, really, really is. I, there's no other name for it. Um, Rich Paul is running this league, and it's a Rich Paul world. We're all just living in it. Um, however... The, the word from management in um, New Orleans is that they will not hire anybody that is willing to trade Anthony Davis to his preferred destinations. So, in a sense, they're... They're still doubling down. Yeah, I was going to say, they're, I feel this like is they're apparently, kind of screwing themselves over in the long run. This is apparently a culture move for New Orleans, um, according to their, their front office. That's actually really interesting. Um, but, so... This brings up the, the point. Well, there's a I think franchise this, that's worse than us, so that's tight. Well, I mean, there's still the Knicks and the Bulls, too. Yeah. But uh, I, this, this this brings up the idea, how little is Boston going to have to give up to get AD this, this summer? Yeah, I don't... I mean, I think they're just going to have to give up one of the young... You know, the, I think, I, Jason Tatum is the name. I honestly think they could give up Jalen Brown. Yeah, and a, one of their 30 billion picks. Yeah, the Kings pick and maybe a Memphis pick from next year or something. I You know, it's it's going to be nuts how Danny Ainge is going to fleece him because there's literally going to be nobody else in contention. The The interesting one, though, for a player that – or for a team that might be in contention is the New York Knicks. Yeah, they, I've heard this rumor swirling. Yeah, that's just, this is always great because the Knicks are in contention for – Everyone, yeah, because it's New York City, it's Madison Square Garden, and they have a ton of cap space. Yeah, well, yeah, the, of course, you know they can sign two players to the max. Yeah, and I mean and they got the number one pick and blah blah yeah, blah. There, I mean they're gonna get whatever Zion or even or whoever they want, John Morant. Yeah, um, the Murray State. But go the the package I've heard for from New York is, uh, AD for Kevin Knox. Frankie Smokes, and a couple picks, including possibly this year's first overall. And I, I, I can't think of a team that could beat that. Yeah. I mean, Fra- I, Kevin I Knox, it. Frankie Smokes, and Zion is better than any team could give you. Yeah. Just uh, outright. Except for, honestly, the, the Lakers package of their whole yeah. team was and like. Six, and six picks. Like, honestly, I don't like. I, I commend New Orleans for not taking that. Mm hmm. But they should have taken that. So here's here's what I've heard around this. I, I picked this up from a couple of the Ringer podcasts. The ownership in New Orleans is that football ownership. They own yeah. the Saints. And they really run that Pelicans team like a, a football front office. Bounty gate? Basically. But um, in, in football, when players demand trades, they often just have to sit there and stew. Yeah. There's not a lot of movement. Shout out to Antonio Brown. Yeah. AB and also your boy uh, Le'Veon. Yeah. Both both notable non-movement guys. So they're kind of doing the same thing with AD where just you're on contract for another year and a half. Why should we why should we do whatever you want us to? Um obviously it's a little different in basketball. As one player makes up a lot more impact than in football, but you know 
it's interesting to see this approach being taken, especially in this modern era of player movement. Yeah. So, it's it's just nuts. I think it's a crazy situation. Yeah, I mean, as long as Anthony Davis doesn't end up on the Lakers, I think it's it's going to be still fun to root for him. And yeah, and I mean, I mean, it didn't this didn't ruin his image, in my opinion. I think what's ruining his image is things like leaving the game early yesterday with with Rich Paul instead no, of staying yeah. on the bench. Yeah, that's or, definitely frustrating. Or even two games ago where he goes out and goes a career low three points on like one of nineteen shooting. You know? Yeah. It's things like it's things like that where he kinda pulls a um a Vince Carter on the the Raptors where he really just tanks him. And that that's the most frustrating thing. I think Anthony Davis has all the rights in the world to be frustrated with that front office. I think he's also just frustrated with the league. Like I don't think I agree he's with one both of the players, players where he he doesn't want to, I don't think he wants to play in a league where people are teaming up and yada yada mm-hmm. yada, but that's just like the world we live in and so he's just kind of caught well, up in it. And on top of that, I mean, he's played on a team that's traded away their their draft pick for like the last 5 or 6 years yeah. just to get him players and nothing's ever really come of it. So Plus, the other thing, too, that I always hear is, like, I don't think... I mean, we're coming from Sacramento, one of the smallest markets they got. Yeah. And everyone always says New Orleans is such a small... Everyone says New Orleans is such a small market. I mean, I I really... I don't don't buy that. I don't buy it. I just don't think that team's marketed well. Yeah. And, you know, they talk about how there's certain cities... I mean, uh, Smoothie King Arena, they couldn't get a better... That creepy baby mascot. There's a lot of problems there. Um, But I think there's... There's a, there's a lot of cities where basketball, it might not be a big city, but basketball is marketed as a small team. So, like, uh, I can't think of a city off Wait, the top of my head. Wait, that again? So, like, where where other sports come first. Kind of like Toronto. Toronto is like always... like D.C. Yeah. Toronto's always going to be a, a hockey first city. The yeah. Leafs, no matter what you do, yeah, they haven't won since the fifties, and they'll still be the the premier city in that that it's the premier, premier city in that team, yeah. premier team in that city. But you know, with the success the Raptors have had recently, they kind of have some prominence. New Orleans is kind of the same. It's always in Atlanta, another good one. Yeah, no matter what, those two cities, no matter what you do, are going to be football cities. Yeah, they're going to be all in on. I mean, Atlanta has more options with UGA and with obviously the the Haw- or the Falcons, but New Orleans is going to be all in on the Saints, and they always have been. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you saw this with the Hornets as well when they were in New Orleans. So, I I that's a, it's a really weird problem. Um, look for New Orleans to move to Seattle sometime soon, and uh, yeah, because the Clippers aren't; they're getting their own thing. Yeah, Clippers moving to Inglewood. I mean, that's... I don't think anyone's moving to Seattle at this point. Seattle sucks. I'm not getting a team anytime soon. I mean, with this hockey thing, that's their best bet, but I, I, they're, they're not building a new arena, which is what Silver said was the only thing they had to do. Yeah, no, um, no amount of renovation Secure arena can bring that thing up to speed. Exactly. So, look for that. It's like not the Oakland Coliseum. Yeah. It's like it's beyond repair. It's like everything in Oakland. Yeah, it's like you know? Oakland. Yeah, Period. the city. Um, so well, that's a good segue to what city, what song? Yeah, Oakland. Um, Oakland. So we got uh, two games. First one, Oakland, whole Bay Area, however you want to slate it. I am. Who am I going with? Uh, I'll take. I'll take. Yeah, the go for it. I gotta look it up. Um, I gotta open this tab. I'm going with a, a classic from my high school days. You know, one of the ones that always came on at those. Christian Brothers open dances. Of course. Never at the other ones because the other ones were too classy, in air quotes. So, we had Slow Down by Clyde Carson. Oh, dude, classic. Yeah. You know you can't catch me going too fast. I'll put... On the gas, don't chase me. Yeah, exactly. that's a classic one. That's up in GTA. Yeah, it's a great song. Uh, it, it It's really, really solid one. And it's really what uh, all the Warriors are going to be saying when that youth speeds by them. Yeah, really. Damn, that's a great one. All right, so I'm picking uh, Fote. I'm picking Players Club because it's tight. It's The whole song is basically sampled by Drake and Who Do You Love, so mm-hmm. that's kind of interesting. 
And it shouts out SAC, SAC Players Club, and uh, with SAC Ball Club. So, it's close enough. Great song. Beat's pretty fly. So, on to OKC, where I will go first, because I'm picking All-American Rejects. Classic uh, mid-2000s favorite of mine. They are out of Stillwater, Oklahoma, home of the Oklahoma State University Cowboys. Mm-hmm. And the song I'm picking is Move Along. Because, I mean, there's plenty of... Uh, I was thinking of picking Dirty Little Secret, because I think before the season, this this roster was Vladdy's Dirty Little Secret. Yeah, really, really fun song, though. But I'm picking Move Along, because... Uh, we, when we've, darkness turns to dawn. Yeah. There's it to light. Yeah, this ends tonight, yeah. When no, darkness... that's the other one, too. Oh, yeah. That's that, a great that, one. That's this ends tonight. No, all great pick, songs. Yeah, All American Rejects. Really classic. But I'm pick, Okay, so this is why I'm picking Move Along. Is because we've just played the Warriors. Hopefully we've beaten the Warriors with mm-hmm. DeMarcus. And we've moved along from that era of Kings basketball into this new, shiny, bright, nice, we can have nice things era. Nice. So, yours. Um, so mine, uh, as you may expect, it is Thunderstruck. Mm. But not the song. Oh. The okay. movie oh. featuring Kevin Durant. Yeah, a terrible uh, movie. Straight to DVD. Yeah, really awful movie. So if you get a chance, don't watch it. <laughs> but basically, Kevin Durant switches bodies. It's like a, a Freaky Friday, but not of bodies. It's just talent. But there's not hot Lindsay Lohan? Yeah, or even the original, which I don't know who's in it. Yeah. But, um... Not hot Lindsay Lohan? Yeah, so... uh. It's not Freaky Friday with Lil Dicky and Chris Brown. Yeah, that's the original, let's be real. Yeah, um, it's not with hot Chris Brown. Yeah, so the Thunderstruck, Kevin Durant switches abilities with a young kid who becomes very good at basketball. And he's and, white, so it's like a nice racial buddy film. Yeah, and then Kevin Durant becomes awful. And then, uh, yeah, that's basically the plot. Yeah, Don't I watched need this, to watch it. I watched this one time on... Uh, what was the movie with... Uh, is it Ryan Reynolds and the other dude where they switch bodies? They're peeing in the fountain? Oh, yeah. No, it's Jason Bateman. Yeah, and who's the other guy, though? Who knows? I think it's Ryan Reynolds. That's the switch. It, is it? Yeah, that's another one of those body switch movies. Yeah. What? what a, yeah, what a dated theme. Yeah, seriously. No, dude, it's just Jason Bateman. Who's the other guy? Uh, not Ryan Reynolds? Yeah. Either way, this is this segment's taking too long. Yeah, let's uh So until next week when we have a whole new set of cities and a whole new set of songs for you. Um yeah, let's move on to our all-star game uh weekend kind of topic. How can we k- fix all of the all-star games? So before we do this, this is I just want to explain to all the viewers is we're recording this on Friday the what's the date the 15th so the all-star game has not happened all-star weekend has not happened but there will be a follow-up in this same episode so wait about 10 minutes yeah with the all-star game uh recap all the weekend recap that will be with just the half greek freak yeah as this is a vacation up here in uh in canada we got the nice uh week off from school so i'm going somewhere he's going another spot um so now i'll have to be French equivalent. Yeah. So basically, just bear and bear in mind, this segment is happening before the All Star game. The next segment will be happening after the All Star game. So this segment is how do we fix All Star all 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 Star weekend? How do we fix all All Star weekends? So let's let's take a look. In mind, we're directly looking at you, the Pro Bowl. Yeah, this is the big one. Is the Pro Bowl? Um, If you watch this year, why? Um, there's just no reason to watch it ever. It's not a competitive game. It's not really interesting. Nobody wants to go get hurt. And there's too much on the line for the players. And more often than not, the we- like it's in Hawaii, but the weather sucks. Yeah. Because it's like rain. Yeah, so it's really just not an interesting concept. And really boring. I think the biggest thing that the, the Pro Bowl had going for them this weekend was that throwing competition... It's like the accuracy contest or whatever. Yeah, yeah, where they had quarterbacks and defensive backs. Yeah, you had had, had three quarterbacks and one non-quarterback Yeah, throwing at targets. But even that was still pretty boring. 
And I mean, in years past, they've done dodgeball. They've done uh, like playground style, pick the teams, and nothing has really succeeded. So we're going to take, I think there's a couple things in the all-star weekend of the NBA that work really well. Yeah. One is the celebrity game. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. that can be something, is be it flag, be it two-hand touch, that's something the NFL needs Yeah. and that the NBA has gotten right. Especially, and it's also fun because it's in a different arena. Yeah. And who you know the, they who, could, the, the rims they might be nine and a half. You they can play know. them at, even on like an arena football, which would be small, great seven on seven indoor arena football. Bunch Full of high contact, name, no, yeah, just bunch of high 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 level celebrities. You know, maybe some A and B list celebrities because football's the biggest sport in America still. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the one thing the NBA has gotten right. The Celebrity game is always really fun. Yeah, even if a lot of people don't watch it, it's really fun for the people that do. Yeah. I think another thing that the NBA does right is like this rising stars type of thing. So I'm not... So the NFL does, you know, they rank and they give offensive, defensive rookie of the year. Yeah. They should get some sort of, I don't know if it's like a straight like team competition, Mm -hmm. but... Factor that in. You know, the youth of the... Uh... Something that'd be interesting would be, like, do a, a, a youth versus vets game yeah. in the Pro Bowl. Or even do, like, um, like something else that we've talked about. Instead of doing this full contact, whatever, game, air quotes, of football, um, do a 7-on-7 seven seven tournament. Yeah. Make, make a lineman play on every team and has to play downfield every play. Yeah, that's something that the NHL has gotten right, yeah. I think, is that people were getting tired of the, you know, 20 to 16 East versus West yeah. All-Star game. So the way for those of <coughs> you who don't know the the NHL has changed it where each so this is kind of stupid in and of itself because there's only two divisions in yeah. each conference, which is going to be changed once they even it out with the Seattle team, team so yeah. bear that in mind. But so each conference has Two divisions, mm-hmm. and each division plays on a team. Yeah. And so it's the Atlantic and the Metropolitan in the East, mm-hmm. and the Central and the Pacific in the West. And so they play each other, and then the winners play each other in a final for a million dollars. This is all in a three-on-three competition. Exactly. So it's not like the a classic. Full hockey game. It's yeah, and it's so it's still quick. Yeah. It's still a lot of scoring. The game. A lot of space. A lot of. The pace. games are still you know ten goals. But it's shorter as well, so they fit all of this into one day. So that's yeah. I think that's something that could could help um, the uh, NFL for sure. But this is also something I like to see in the NBA also game. Yeah, is a three on three tournament. Yeah, exactly. I, I've been I've been saying this for a while. Um, I've seen this concept tossed around, and it's one that's really intriguing and really marketable by the league. I would I would watch this more. Like I would like this more than an East West. Yeah, or and, a, or a schoolyard draft but even on top of that i like i i like sorry to interrupt just a little this last thing i i just i love the concept of playing with players in your division Mm -hmm. because it allows for more players that aren't necessarily like it forces you to pick players from divisions that aren't great like the southeast division yeah you know yeah then Dwayne wade isn't a Uh, legacy honorary honorary player it's it well then that's how you end up with uh Steph Clay KD team, which is fine from from the the, the I mean they're, they're all you know they're all stars anyway. That yeah. that's interesting. But anyway, um, on top of that, the three on three is going to be in the Olympics, I think in twenty twenty. Yeah, in Tokyo. At, at least when we it's host a trial. It. At least when we host it. Yeah. So that's twenty twenty. It's some twenty twenty eight. Yeah, twenty twenty eight. But it's LA. It's something that the league can just get ahead of the ball on and really take that step to you know get this going yeah. get this out in the public and be really ahead of all these other teams instead of waiting for it to happen and then retroactively saying oh this did really well let's do something yeah and i don't even think it's like a a um what's the word like it's not like a gamble no, not at all. This would be something that would be really fun to watch. I think the biggest gamble is if players will actually take it seriously. Yeah. Because as it, as it is a middle-of-the-season All-Star game, again, nobody wants to get hurt. Nobody wants to really, you know, 
put more miles on their body. Yeah. But I think playing three-on-three is one of those things where it's like playing one-on-one. You're doing it for pride. So... Yeah, people are going to show up. They're going to yeah. play. So, especially especially some of the smaller-named All-Stars. Yeah. So, that's that's our big one for the NBA. Yeah, the, the other thing the NBA could do that we always liked was the weird competition. Like the, It was like around the world, and you had the half-court shot. Yeah. Where it was a current player, a WNBA player, and a retired All-Star. I think they got rid of this because a lot of the cities got rid of their WNBA teams. Okay, well, that could that could make sense. But, but there's still enough where they got but like on that front, teams. But on that front, let's bring back the Monarchs. Yeah, of course. I think there's like 15 or 16 NBA, WNBA teams. Yeah, I'm gonna, you there's keep a, talking, and I'm going to look that up but, right now. Yeah, this but was, that was such a cool thing. Because yeah, like Chris incorpor- Bosh would always hit the three-pointer. Yeah, and you'd incorporate legends. I mean, I mean the, the, uh, the, the, the half-court. Court. Yeah, and now Steph would probably hit it. Yeah. But but this is where you incorporate a legend like, I don't know, uh, Mitch Rich. Well, I mean, like for, for this one, it could be tight. If you get I don't Asia, know, that's I was gonna say. You get Del Curry, you get Steph Curry in Charlotte, yeah. and you get insert Seth Curry in a wig. Yeah, well there you like go. Like Joanna Mann, <laughs> Seth Curry in a wig. No, yeah, and Sue Bird. Who knows? No, yeah, Diana Taurasi. Does Charlotte even? Have, I don't know if Charlotte has a WNBA team, but I mean, there's there's a WNBA team in Vegas now. Vegas Aces. Yeah. Um. So it's definitely a doable concept. And it's pretty, I mean, it's it's always one of the more entertaining things. And it's a good way to get some of these there alumnus. 12, 12 WNBA teams. It's pretty solid. Yeah. Um, but it, it's a good so way to get. bitch in WNBA. It's a good way to get everybody involved. Um, yeah, I think, I think overall that's something that I'd like to see come back. Even maybe in place of the dunk contest. I was just going to say, that's one thing. We were, we were watching uh, SB Nation's The Worst series. Yeah. And uh, or or was it Rewinder? Either way, they it was got some, Rewinder. They got some good content. Check it out. So it's Vince Carter's two thousand in Oakland dunk contest. How that saved the dunk contest? Yeah. Because so they we they don't have any names this year like Vince Carter. Yeah. But they're all like pretty small names. The previous dunk contests had been pretty bad. Yeah, I think one of the winners was uh, what's Rick Barry's son's name. Brent Berry. Yeah. Well, I mean... One of the berries. He was white, so that was yeah. fire. But either way... He went on a half-court... Or not a half-court. A free-throw line dunk. Yeah. But he was like... The well, Statue of Liberty. He was like two steps across the free-throw line. So, so this thing had said... it. Vince Carter had saved the dunk contest for multiple reasons. One was because the year prior, the, with the lockout, there was no All-Star dunk. weekend. Yeah. And so they needed something flashy and crazy and in comes Vince Sanity. But he also saved it because the prior dunk contest had been fairly boring. Yeah. And so I think now it's more like, what can you do outside of the dunks? Is are you wearing yeah, are mean, you that, wearing the Black Panther fit? Like are that you, started back with, I don't remember which one was earlier, but the Dwight Howard Superman cape, yeah, or the Blake Griffin Kia. Yeah, it was it was Dwight was. First, first and then... Yeah, well, it was Dwight first, then Nate jumping over Dwight the next year. Well, that was cool. That was pretty cool. But then the Blake Griffin Kia and not even dunking it, just kind of throwing it in. Yeah, what, what we're getting at is, like, it's more about the... Props. The pageantry yeah. and the props, whereas Vince Carter just threw out, like, four solid poster dunks. Yeah. He, and so we're thinking, hopefully... This dunk contest goes well, and we'll get into it. Yeah. Well, in the next segment when uh, we review. But this this is one of the problems is that nobody wants to do it. After I mean, the last good one was two years ago with yeah, Zach Levine, Z Levine, and uh, Aaron Gordon. Gordon. Yeah, where they tied. But now that neither of them want to do it because they're both up for big paydays. You know, Aaron Gordon's looking at trying to get him, or he did he get an extension. He's a very He's up for money, basically. Yeah. And once that happens, nobody wants to do it. So you have a lot of no-name rookies. Last year being Donovan Mitchell and Dennis Smith Jr. This year being Heimdo Diallo and Don- Dennis Smith Jr. And uh, one of the Bridges boys. And it, it just ends up not being the biggest draws it used to be. Yeah, I completely agree. I think if they put that last, yeah, they're they're dumb. They should they're making a three-point shootout last because yeah, it's got the big names. And that's always the fastest one, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. 
It's it's pretty quick. It's a fun watch for everyone. Um, so hopefully NBA takes some of these to heart. Hopefully the Pro Bowl fixes itself but, or yeah, eliminates itself. What we're saying is, I think baseball made the right choice of making it not meaningful. Yeah, because that was kind of dumb. Yeah. It made the game better, but it made the World Series worse, which is something you couldn't have. Yeah. But I think, so baseball, you're fine. You're kind of rolled out. It's, you know, the Midsummer Classic. It's fun. Baseball also is the Home Run Derby, which is the most fun yeah. all-star event, all-star weekend event across. That's what I'm saying. I think baseball is fine. It's it's classic. They, there's some, there's a bit of nostalgia. Is there anything else in their all-star weekend? Uh, is there a pitcher thing? No. No. There has to be some... Oh, there's a celebrity game there where they play softball. Yeah, well, that's really fun. Yeah, that's fun, too. I'm, so, really so I'm saying, fun baseball, I think you're 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 fine. Yeah. Hockey, the change to the three-person kind of uh, divisional rivalries, that was cool. Really good skills challenge. Yeah. Really um, cool. Fastest skater, you know, most accurate shot, the, fastest shot. Longest uh, puck carry or whatever yeah and with then the girl and she did really well i forget who it was no she was as fast as oh she was fast as skater yeah, yeah but then there's like most you know most saves where king henrik comes yeah. in hot so hockey's really cool again football that's just terrible and yeah, basketball needs a lot of room to improve for improvement definitely so we'll up next we'll uh recap what has happened at all-star weekend and uh let you know how our changes would have been implemented yeah and now it's time for the NBA All-Star Weekend Recap. Friday night saw Team USA top Team World in the Rising Stars Challenge featuring the three young kings, De'Aaron Fox, uh, Marvin Bagley III, and Bogdan Bogdanovich. Bogdan, being the reigning MVP of this, came out to play and put up some good shots, but didn't reclaim his crown as Kyle Kuzma went home with the MVP this year. Bogdan put up 15 points on 5 of 11 shooting all threes. Um, Also had 6 assists and 5 rebounds. Pretty decent stat line in 24 minutes played. Leading tied for the lead in the team in minutes played with Luka Doncic. On Team USA De'Aaron Fox only put up two points and only took three shots, one of which was almost a tear down the roof between the legs dunk, um, but also had 16 assists, which was pretty impressive for an all-star game in general, and led both teams in assists, one of two players in double digits, with the other being Trey Young, um, who probably rightfully should have been the all-star game, or the Rising Stars Challenge MVP, as he had 25 points and 10 assists and 7 rebounds, almost a triple-double. Finally, Bagley had 14 points, 5 rebounds, and 3 assists on 7 of 11 shooting. Again, also attempted that between-the-legs slam that De'Aaron tried. Both missed, but both very close. So, all in all, pretty fun event. Really entertaining, and uh, uh, just always a good one to watch. Earlier in that night was the All-Star Game Celebrity Game. Uh, Sacramento native Hassan Minaj really didn't do much except for got a nice steal and a layup there in the fourth quarter in pretty clutch moment. Um, his teammates, Ray Allen and Quavo, were really carrying that team, but ultimately fell short, and they lost to the other team. Um, honestly, this game was pretty forgettable, and I think if they if this is going to be successful in the future, they need bigger-name celebrities. Now on to everybody's favorite part of All-Star Weekend, All-Star Saturday Night. Um, De'Aaron Fox was in the first competition, the Skills Challenge, in which it saw... Uh, many players go run and do a couple passes, a layup, and shoot a three. Uh, you know, basically all of the modern NBA. Um, this started with uh, a face-off with uh, eventual runner-up, Trey Young. Uh, this, the, this competition kind of got off. De'Aaron got to a huge lead 
and then faced the three-pointer at the end and fell short where Trey Young hit a deep three running up the court to knock out De'Aaron Fox. De'Aaron probably had a pretty good shot at winning the entire thing if that didn't happen. Um, but this brings me to my next point at that the rules of the skill challenge are that you don't have to actually fully attempt uh, um, or fully succeed at the pass as long as you just kind of give it three attempts. And this is where Trey Young made up a lot of ground as he didn't really have to make his pass. He took three passes, all of them missed, and then was back running the other direction to shoot the three. So it's really frustrating because De'Aaron did hit his first pass, which gave him a nice little buffer, but it would have been a larger buffer if, if it forced Trey Young to make his pass. Um, later in the night, Buddy Heald was in the three-point sh- uh, shootout, and he did really well. He, uh, in his first round, shot a 26, which guaranteed him a spot in the finals. Um, where he came in third out of three. The eventual winner, Joe Harris, really lit up the, the score with 27, and uh, Steph Curry came in second. So, I mean, Joe Harris is an incredible shooter, which is crazy because he was out of the league two years ago. Um, that just kind of shows how much the league's changed and how much value has been put on shooters recently. But it's, it's kind of good for Nets fans. They really haven't had much to cheer for before this year. And now it kind of seems like everything's coming up Brooklyn. So that's really fun to see. Um, unfortunate for, for Kings fans is Buddy was uh, kind of a, a good bet. But, you know, it was still fun to watch. And uh, I think Buddy will be back in it next year and maybe even for a couple years to come. And the late... Uh, program was the the dunk contest really only only notable things that happened was that um the big diesel shack came out for Heimdo Diallo's final dunk and being a part owner it's notable but overall really not a lot to talk about Heimdo Diallo did do one of the most crazy dunks by jumping over Shaq and doing the honey dip elbow from uh Vince Carter and then ripping his jersey for Superman underneath. But, uh, you know, it, it's just like c- combining two of Vince Carter's greatest ever dunks. The one in the Olympics where he jumped, or maybe it was Olympic qualifying, where he jumped over the guy and his dunk contest dunk. So, um, yeah, congratulations, Hamdo Diallo, for winning this dunk contest. But not really much else happened there. Pretty boring um, dunk contest. I mean, John Collins had better dunks in the uh, Rising Stars Challenge than he even did in the in the dunk contest. So next year, let's uh, let's get some bigger names in that. Um, on to Sunday night, where Team Giannis played Team LeBron. Uh, not much to talk about here. Team Giannis came out to an early fifteen point lead and kind of held that lead all the way through three quarters until Dame Dalla lit up the floor out of nowhere and clawed Team LeBron back into it. Um, Team LeBron, which could also be called Team Tampering, was made up of mainly LeBron and people who would be free agents next year and ultimately won the game with Kevin Durant taking home MVP honors. Um, You know, LeBron... Great player, but the All-Star game is, at halftime, it was over. Both teams had over 80 points, and in the end, I think they scored over 350 combined points. So, you know, it was, um, it wasn't, it's, it's never entertaining to watch if you like defense, and if you don't like either threes or layups, or dunks, because that's all that really happens. There were over 100 combined attempted threes so uh yeah I think the three on three idea would be more interesting and it would bring out a little bit more competition than uh than this dunk contest had but in all it it was a fun weekend and good for for all the guys to get a little bit of rest and some time off I know Harry Giles went back home 
to North Carolina and or wherever and kind of uh took some took some rest and relaxation so hopefully this this re-energizes the team for uh next little push into into hopefully playoffs um yeah well if you're still around thank you for listening uh recommend us to any friends send us an email at kings in the north pod at gmail.com we'll see you next week that's it for this week until next time thanks for listening and go kings